0: There's some big winners at the Emmy Awards in Los Angeles. Jason Sudeikis's comedy, Ted Lasso claiming the top comedy prize. The HBO limited series, The White Lotus, with a bunch of wins on the night, writing and directing for a limited series and acting wins for Murray Bartlett for playing a drug-fueled hotel manager and Jennifer Coolidge for playing a flighty, grief-stricken rich woman. Amanda Seyfried in the dropout on the board, Seyfried winning Best Actress in a limited series for playing controversial Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes and Saturday Night Live extends its record for most Emmy wins with another for Best Comedy Sketch Show. Jason Nathanson backstage at the Emmys. Uh, The way we consume this is changing. The future of what we watch. Carmi Levy is one of the best in this country, is a technology analyst and journalist, and joins us this Monday evening. Good evening, Carmi. Great to talk to you again.
1: Great to be with you, Richard. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I understand there's a daughter with a birthday today.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Her, uh, her name is Dahlia, and she uh, she turns 25 today, a whole quarter century. Although, i got to admit, it seems like yesterday that she was just born. I, I don't quite understand how time moves this quickly when you become a parent. But uh, she's, uh, she's everything a parent would ever want to be. So just an absolutely wonderful day in our household.
0: So about 25 years ago we all knew somebody who could get you a card to a U.S. satellite system. And Ottawa was starting to crack down on those, and those cards would get zapped. But, you know, we all knew somebody that had that account. And then here we are 25 years later, and we all know somebody with a streaming service account hey, can I borrow your password or we have various relatives on this or we have neighborhoods. Um, So between many of us, we, you know, all have streaming services. We pay for one, others pay for another one, and we share those passwords. And that's how we're getting a lot of this content right now until, of course, the companies wise up and start cracking down on this. Are we getting near that 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 uh, that likelihood?
1: I think we very much are. Netflix, uh, earlier this year, announced a program where it would actually uh, charge you if you were going to share your password with someone who didn't live at your house. Technology has gotten to the point that they can now tell where you are when you sign in by your ip address and and so for example they know if you if, if if four members of the family are in southern ontario and the other one is uh, out in bc something is a little bit off um and so they'll give you the opportunity to pay up uh or they will uh, they will direct you toward this new service that uh, essentially allows uh, guests to pay for the privilege of accessing the same account um, it's 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 kind of this never end never ending cops and robbers game between uh, you know an industry that is trying to maximize revenue and consumers who uh, admittedly feel that you know hey they'd love to get something for free, whether that's legal or not, um, and will do everything in their power to do so. so there will always be piracy in some forms, but streaming of course changes the name of the piracy game uh and uh if 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 that's what you want to engage in, you're gonna have to be a little bit more creative than you might have been in the past
0: yeah and and I think maybe the days are over just simply for netflix amazon apple Google uh to be trying to get more and more subscribers uh as inflation dictates more people are making the choices uh between streaming services, keeping some get getting rid of others.
1: Mm-hmm. Suddenly,
0: uh, it's going to be retain what you have and try to squeeze as much as possible out of what you have and policing it. So, I do I agree that, with you yeah. that those days are upon us
1: very shortly. Really, absolutely. I, I I I think of it as something of a reckoning. Is that the the uh, the market has become mature? What was once wide open um, and it was essentially Netflix's game. It was Netflix's world uh, because because they were, of course, the first truly successful uh, digital streaming service out there, and they kind of defined the genre for the longest time, double-digit growth, and it was kind of like the hottest thing to you know, be a Netflix uh, subscriber. Uh, but, of course, once everyone else got in on the game, uh, you know, competition went up. Uh, everyone started spending more. Netflix spending $17 billion this year on content alone. That's up from $11 billion two years ago. Um, and so, you know, all of a sudden you and I have to make these choices. Well, if you we want to watch certain shows or certain streaming series, uh, we've got to pick and choose which services we're willing and able to pay for. And, of course, as the economy, as the headwind gets stronger, uh, a lot of us are looking at our monthly expenses and saying, do I really need more than one or do I need three or four so, uh, 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 streaming services? Or can I get away with dropping one or two or more? Um, and, you know, maybe limiting my choices a little bit uh, and, uh, and reining it in. A lot of people subscribe to multiple services because they can. And then they realize, I'm paying for it. I'm not really using it. I'm not getting the value out of it. And I think that's, you know, as that growth curve flattens out, Netflix, of course, no longer growing. Their subscriber base actually started to shrink this year. Uh, I think, you know, we're going to see consumers start to sharpen their pencils I'm going to see companies like Netflix start to realize, well, the good days are over. We've got to find a better way to stay in the good graces of the people who pay our salaries.
0: Ben is en route now to London to cover the Queen's Funeral. Richard Cloutier with you and Carmi Levy. We're talking about the future of broadcasting. And interestingly enough, on the Winnipeg show that I host from three to six, co-host with that, we were talking to a Winnipeg producer at the at TIFF, at the Toronto International Film Festival, who is saying that um, in many ways uh, what we're seeing now is the theatrical release of some programming, some uh, movies for a week or two so that they will qualify for the uh, film awards, the Academy Awards, et cetera, but they're going to uh, the streaming services only a week or two later. And that's been a game changer for the film industry uh, as far as distribution is concerned. And we're going to continue to see that. It was already underway but accelerated, Carmi, by the pandemic.
1: It's almost like a reordering of who the power brokers are in the entertainment industry. It used to be uh, all theater all the time. And that was the marquee uh, platform that uh, that you really wanted to target if you wanted to release a truly successful film uh, or 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 work uh, into the market, uh, and of course every other uh, medium, every other channel was viewed somewhat less in, in a somewhat less stellar manner. They didn't quite get the same respect. You know, actors who acted in movies, well, they got the headlines. Uh, whereas actors who acted on, on television were kind of looked at, at as something like you know, second class citizens. And if you starred in a in a cable series, well, poor you, because you know you were truly slumming it. Whereas you know now that has now it's changed now I think I think the industry recognizes uh, it you know it isn't about you know which channels garner the most respect it's about which channels are most efficient at getting the most people to watch and pay for your content and as it turns mm-hmm. out uh, you know streaming services are a significantly more efficient way of parting you and me and all of our listeners from our money uh, and of getting something distributed it's no longer no 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 one. Looks down their nose anymore, just because something doesn't spend a year in in uh, you, know, you know being shown in a theater. In fact, you know the concept of straight to video. Nobody cares anymore because the, what matters is the business model that will return the investment to create that content in the first place. And increasingly, that includes streaming. It's not a respect thing anymore, and I think that's probably a good thing. Forces everyone to be a little bit more creative about saying, "Hey, I've got this really cool work. It's it's a show. It's a movie. It's it's episodic. Whatever it is, what's the best way for me to go out and find an audience that will love this? Increasingly, that the answer is streaming.
0: Yeah, the theater will still be where the blockbuster movie premieres. More and more of it, um, based on comic book heroes. Um, your mm-hmm. everyday story, you know, will go." and continue to go to, to streaming services. The light is out with uh, some interesting scenarios uh, in this industry uh, by 2030. One scenario puts it that uh, a world in which there are global digital platform companies that replace national broadcasters. In this country, I don't see that happening because years ago we chose Canadian, as long as it's Canadian. Uh, we want that industry to be about Canada, and uh, we we tend to to tax. Uh, and under the current government, we'll continue to to tax the streaming services in legislation that is yet to pass. But that seems to be the Canadian approach. But we seem to be bucking the trend worldwide as we start to see more of these global digital platforms
1: emerge. I think it becomes a lot more difficult to control your national cultural destiny when the walls that once protected that market come tumbling down. And as digital technologies become more sophisticated, as broadband technologies, the networks on which all of that content flows become faster, have more capacity, become cheaper, more accessible for you and me across more kinds of devices – I think the ability of of a a particular nation to essentially say, these are the rules for distributing content to our population. You've got to follow them or you're not distributing in our country. Uh, It's a lot more difficult to do that in a digital world than it was in a world where relatively few players dominated the broadcast space. Relatively few players could afford to open up a string or a chain of theatres. Uh, now anyone can be a broadcaster. All you need is, is internet access and a webcam. And so I think, you know, the, the good news is the CRTC, our national regulator, has recognized that and is you know, starting to become a little bit more, And um, specifically a little bit. I, I mean, you know, it, you know it'll, it, it's, it's like turning the Titanic. It will take time. But they're at least starting to recognize that in the digital age, you have to change your tune if you want to continue to encourage the development of Canadian cultural cu- cultural based content and so simply saying these are our Canadian content or CanCon rules uh, and you've got to adhere to them, that worked 30 years ago when broadcast dominated and when theaters dominated. That's not the case today and we're slowly moving in that direction. Uh, will we get there fast enough? Probably not. Will there be some winners and losers along the way? absolutely but i see there's so much activity in the margins where small producers um, recognize that you no longer need millions of dollars in funding in order to find an audience and they're being very creative but using their digital savvy to find that audience and build not only careers for themselves but entire ecosystems that support an entire community and that to me is really exciting it means more stories get told more of us get entertained and hopefully there's more diversity and what Canadians get to see and consume.
0: Carmi Levy is a technology journalist, a broadcaster in his own realm uh, with us. And we're talking about the future of uh, the medium that you're listening to, television, streaming, etc. And Carmi, um, a lot of it is consumed from our phones, our handheld devices, which um, are under constant pressure as far as price is concerned. And when we compare our nation to others, uh, there are many Canadians that are saying we want more competition and a better deal. How much of this is going to be driven by the fact that there's a certain segment out there that is saying we want more choice?
1: Well, I think at some point it's going to be inevitable. If Canada wants to compete, we are going to have to have a telecommunications landscape that operates on a level Closer to that enjoyed in the U.S., in Europe, in Asia, in countries across the world where it costs them less to move those bits back and forth. Their, their data plans are significantly cheaper. They pay less. They get more in return. And the devices that they buy are also uh, better priced because there's more competition between more players for consumer interest and consumer dollars. And so, you know, Canadians have been complaining for years. We have year after year of OECD data that very clearly shows that Canada is well behind the the global curve when it comes to telecommunications affordability. And because we lead so much of our lives, both personal and professional, on our smartphones and other devices, all of which are fueled by all of this connectivity, um, if we uh, are disadvantaged in terms of what it costs us to use those devices, it means that we're not as competitive with uh, consumers and businesses in other countries. It means we are at risk of economically falling behind in the process. And so, we're not going to have a choice. It's, you know, the government ha- not has not moved as quickly as it probably should in the ensuing decades since these technologies were first developed. Um, but they're going to have to if they want Canada to keep up on the global uh, global landscape and. Uh, you know, at some point, something's got to give. It's not that new national players are going to come along tomorrow and set up shop, but certainly you can try different policy directions um, to at least loosen the chains a little bit and improve the competitive landscape somewhat. Uh, You know, baby steps, at least, you know, crawl, walk, then run, but at least start with a crawl. I think Ottawa is very slowly starting to get that message
0: yeah and but again uh you can start the revolution, but if there's nowhere else to park that revolution, <laughs> you're still <laughs> stuck with what you got and and uh, I think there's this national resignation to a few things in life, including you know that uh that there's only a handful of players in some industries
1: that's uh probably the largest source of frustration. I think this summer during Rogers adage. I think Canadians got a stark reminder of. Uh, just how constrained they are—that, as frustrated as they may be with a, with a, you know, with a player that is so, um, um, you know, that is 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 able to suffer this kind of outage uh, that impacts the economy so broadly, takes emergency services down, despite the fact that they promised the government years ago that would never be the case. I think it was an eye-opening moment for Canada, and the problem here was. A lot of people were then fed up with their carrier, but where else were they going to go? There really wasn't anyone else across the street for them to shift their business over to. Um, and I think it's a structural problem that is going to have to work through. I think it needs to be uh, an election issue. It needs to be a question that should be posed to federal uh, politicians who want your votes. Uh, you know, during, you know, obviously, we're not in an election cycle now, but when the time does come that should be near the top of the list of hot-button issues that get Canadians upset uh, and that they want resolved. And if they don't get resolved, or if they don't get the answers that they're looking for, maybe we should be be looking to other politicians to represent us. It's gotten that serious. Canadians have been too laissez-faire for too long, and that's why we are where we are, and something's got to give.
0: You can follow him on Twitter, at Carmi Levy, C A R M I L E. VY, always a pleasure, my friend Carmi, Enjoy, and you're too young to have a 25-year-old
1: daughter. <laughs> we started young. That's uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> so great, Carmi to Levy, technology really
0: <laughs> analyst and journalist, joining us this Monday evening.